Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House, the official holiday podcast of Moody's Store for Men in the Bayside Mall. Today we're talking about a pair of episodes of Saved by the Bell, the two-part Christmas special from 1991, Home for Christmas. I am the world's most patient homeless gentleman, Mike Westfall, and joining me is the time-altering preppy to my geeky sidekick, Chad Young. Hey, Chad. Time out. (laughs) Because I have a very, very, very important announcement, Mike. Okay, time in. (laughs) Mike, you know, tonight's episode is going to be a real amazing discussion because this is one of the most Say by the Bell episodes of Say by the Bell. Oh, yeah. But you know, we were we were we were supposed to do this with uh, our good friend, dear friend uh, William Bruce West, yeah. and unfortunately he couldn't make it. Uh, we wish you well, William. Although by the time this airs, I'm sure this will, uh, I'm sure he'll be feeling better. Man, I hope so. <laughs> um, but Mike, oh, I hope so too. Uh, the internet needs William Bruce West, so Indeed. power through it. Um, but Mike, yeah, I brought. You know what? You know who I brought? I brought the AC Slater to my Zach Morris. There you go. May I introduce him? Do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, making his Advent Calendar debut. It is my co-host of the TPIF podcast. He was one of the best men in my wedding. He is the convention superstar that you've heard so many people talk about at Monster Mania and Chiller Theater and pretty much any other convention that has Indiana Jones guests on the lineup. <laughs> I must be talking about the man himself, TC Tommy Coombs! Hello, and uh, Chad, I want to thank you for comparing me to Slater as opposed to Screech. I uh, really appreciate Nobody that. Nobody wants to be Screech. <laughs> I'm the Screech of this trio because you're both taller than no. I am. But you're cooler than us. That's That's yeah, you are. (laughs) You actually update your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, we were trying to get um, our third um, uh, host of uh, TPIF, uh, Derek. Unfortunately, he can't make it. Ah. um, But sends his love. All right, right back. He'd be the uh, all right. Who's the guy from the Max? What's his name again? Jeff. The magician. Max! Oh, Max. Yeah, yeah. That's who he'd be. That's literally his name is Max! <laughs> Doing table magic. What the The Saved by the Bell of Max is there. the one with one X. The big purple dude is the yes. one with two X's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Tommy. Yeah. Hold on. You're, you're telling me you, you, you didn't know that, that his name was Max? I forgot what his name was. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm just excited. Okay. To be All right. Yay! So, home for Christmas, or depending on what wiki you're looking at, a home for Christmas, but oh. both the NBC app and Wikipedia both leave off the article. Chad, this was another one you requested to make up for Jingle Bell Rap. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, man, I had fun on that one. I did, too. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And as mentioned, this was a two-part episode, but not the kind they do now where they air them back-to-back. These made up two Saturday mornings in December 1991. Episodes 24 and 25 near but not at the tail end of season three. Do you guys remember if you watched these, like you sat down on Saturday morning and actually watched these when they first aired? 
Uh, no, I know for a fact I did not. Um, I for me Saturday mornings was for cartoons only. I was pretty much always on ABC. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh Tommy. I unless it was a Friday night, then he was also on an on ABC, which is discussed on the uh, TPIF podcast. Yeah. Um, I got. I've got to be honest. I I I probably had seen the episodes in the original airing, but I mean, I've seen so many, I've watched say by the bell, like hundreds of times over the years. So it's kind of like, eh, I don't remember if I, I don't remember sitting down and watching it, but I'm almost certain I did. Okay. I know I absolutely did. Um, Mm. so, so to give you an idea about where this falls on the saved by the bell in universe timeline, it's season three. So they're juniors in high school question mark. Yeah. This is the season that went everywhere. So we've already been to Malibu sands. Already been to Palm Springs for Jesse's dad's wedding. And two episodes before this, we witnessed the rise and fall of Zack attack. (laughs) (laughs) And then after these two Christmas episodes came the season finale, another favor of mine, mystery weekend where they play the murder mystery game at some mansion. I gotta be honest I, I I am such a picky say by the bell fan that anything that doesn't it, the, the, like those episodes at the mall episode those should really be my favorites because they are really up there in terms of just cheesy say by the bell episodes but um, gosh, I the, the murder mystery one and the Palm Springs and the the Malibu Sands are just you line those up, and that's an easy way for me to just start getting angry. Oh, <laughs> and Tori, oh gosh, don't even uh. get me started on Tori. Oh Tori, oh, she was actually. Did you guys see this? She was upset that they didn't ask her to join the uh, reunion. <laughs> on I Jim would Allen. be too, and I was like. She served no purpose. She did absolutely nothing. That would be like bringing, um, oh, who was the guy on, um, oh, that broke up. Uh, he, he he kissed Kelly in the max, and then he was on Melrose Place, wasn't he? Oh, I can't remember. Is that Jeff? Jeff? Yes. Her boss? Yes. Yeah. Her boss. That yep. was the Jeff? beginning of this yep. season, so they had broken. Yep. We'll talk about that later, whatever. Uh, notably absent in both of these episodes, no belding. Really? Yep. Because Which may have some people wondering, hey, 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 what is going on here? Well, it's winter break. They're not going to run into their principal. Uh, yes. But, but um, also, because um, the, the episode pretty much took place at the mall. Yeah. Plus, uh, do you yeah. guys might find that I remember Jeff's name, but not Max's? <laughs> I, I find that very bizarre. Do you care to tell us why? I have no idea. Oh, dear. Chet, it's me. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I know. <laughs> well, well, as mentioned, it's winter break, which is Zach's cue to set the stage by announcing he got what he wanted for Christmas two weeks off from school. <laughs> and we're off to the races. <laughs> we opened at the Morris residence, where Zach's stocking is hung by the chimney with care, and our heroes gather around a plate of freshly baked gingerbread women. Courtesy of Zach and his mother, played by <laughs> Melody Rogers. This is Mrs. Morris's second appearance after that 
fake IDs episode, a very special episode. Great episode, by the way. <laughs> and then we don't see her again until he gets married. Really? Yes. You know, if you think about it, and we we could spend all day on the philosophies of or the psychology on of Say by the Bell. It kind of makes sense. Zach gets away with so much, but his parents just aren't in his life. Um, although I get the sense his mom did more of the, the 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 raising of Zach than his dad, but we still don't see her, which really bothers me because she is such a good you know Zach foil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she really is in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, she's like not bothered by his ongoing pursuit of the ladies here. But <laughs> yeah. I get, like, she lets him make gingerbread women, and of course, Slater calls them gingerbread chicks, and of course, uh, Jesse calls him out on that. Oh. Uh, and in a minute and a half, we successfully summed up almost every main character of Saved by the Bell for anyone new who happens to be watching. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Screech says some Screech thing, and Lisa's rocking the most 1991 outfit. <laughs> yes. Slater's the runner-up with his maroon pants. Love those maroon pants. Oh, gosh, pants. he loves those maroon pants. But really, Kelly's he really the only one who... So uh, yeah. Really, Kelly's the only one who doesn't get to do anything particularly Kelly-ish yet, but we will get there. Oh. For now, yeah. she's the first one who tells us her plan for break. She got a job at the aforementioned Moody's Store for Men at the mall. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Uh, also working at the mall over break is Slater wrapping gifts, and like me, he is awful at wrapping gifts. <laughs> oh gosh, so I can relate so badly. <laughs> Your bicep can't <laughs> The today. best part. <laughs> what the best? Part? The best part. Is, the best part is just how how nonchalant he is about just destroying other people's presents with his terrible wrapping. He doesn't even put them in a box. He just kind of just puts you know wrapping paper all over it and they just kind of fall like what the hell man that's terrible (laughs) that'll be twenty dollars especially this first one it's a (laughs) box of champagne glasses and he slater fails to wrap the bottom of the package so they fall out prompting the women who bought them to choke him out for his mistake First off, that's how Daniel Bryan got fired. Secondly, (laughs) Slater's co-worker or boss or whatever, it's not clear which, just stands there and watches. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's Zach to the rescue convincing Slater to pay back the customer out of his own pocket if he ever wants to breathe again. That's such a Zach thing to do. Hey, you know, I could help you right now, but I'd rather you pay for this instead of me. Well, Zach had nothing to do with it. <laughs> like, he, saved, he saved a life. No. And it's not the first life. But you know what? If, no. Ah. What you're saying is it's going to foreshadow. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Okay. Mike, you're on to something. Yes. Elsewhere at the mall, Jesse is taking photos of kids with Santa Claus, despite clearly having no time for children. Especially mm-hmm. America's crabbiest six-year-old boy who doesn't even have time for Santa. Nope. He's too cool for school. Nope. That boy is just, I don't want to smile. And it's not, okay, it's different. <laughs> I've had my younger kids, when they were two, not want anything to do with being mm-hmm. on Santa's lap because it's a terrifying giant man in a beard. They don't know what to do with that. But when you're six or seven like this kid is. Sure. 
who's like forming complete sentences and being a jerk to teenagers. <sighs> they kind of make sense. Yeah, they they needed to pad the time. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Lisa's overworking at the hospital. We've seen her working there before. Her mom's a surgeon. Mm-hmm. So it's really only Zack and Screech who are jobless and free to wander among the rest of the gang, save for their participation <laughs> in a mall production of A Christmas Carol directed by Zack's mom. But that's in part two. It's here yeah. where Zack bumps into and immediately wants everything to do with Laura, played by New Jersey's own Jennifer McComb. Oh, she's still acting. <laughs> she's still God. acting, but not very much. This role is what she's known for. But she <laughs> yeah. was later a model in Zoolander, <laughs> uh, an excited woman in my best friend's wedding, and appeared on an episode of Dawson's Creek. That last one significant because Jennifer's younger sister, Heather McComb, is the now ex-wife of James Vanderbeek. Oh, wow. Yes. All right. Stop. <clears throat> Yeah. What you didn't mention is her younger sister, that's Heather McComb. She was the Jubilee in that Generation X movie that aired in 96. Was she? <laughs> yes, she was Jubilee. Oh. She was in something else recently, too. Oh, what was yeah, it? they're both, oh. like, every once in a while, they'll, they'll get some part. And it's like, all of these other guest stars are kind of character actors, really. We don't see a lot of them, but they're getting work. Zach immediately wants to take Laura to lunch, but she brought her own lunch, which Zach questions as all she has is a single apple. More foreshadowing. Uh, yep. <laughs> doesn't um doesn't Zach like make fun of her for just eating an apple also? Yep. Kind of. It's more like a observation. Like, that uh, can't be all you're eating. No, come have lunch with me. It's it was yeah, it, it was just a way to move the conversation toward her going to lunch with him. Oh, okay. Yeah. He made her feel bad about her lunch choices. Yeah, well. <laughs> well, in his quest to find the dream girl he's known for a whole 2 minutes, Zack ends up waiting in the men's room for Screech <laughs> to dry himself off after an accident involving a doll that wets itself like I've never seen a doll nor an actual child. Oh wet my itself. gosh. It was like a gallon of water with a wig on it. Yeah, yeah the water pouring out of this baby doll. Oh my gosh. But well, I have never in my toy collecting years ever seen anything like that. I don't know. That must have been like, you know, like a, a weird bootleg. Like, I don't know. They, they he, That must have been like a dollar store or a bootleg kind of thing. I guess so. And they make dolls like that, that that wet themselves. But it's like drips. You fill it with water and I don't know. I don't know how they work because my sister never wanted one. <laughs> That's probably for the best. Yeah. No. The, the weirdest <laughs> one she had was Puppy Surprise, the dog that's pregnant. Oh, my gosh. Oh. I think Tommy still has one of those. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I haven't opened it up yet. So I don't know how many are in there. It could be three or four or five. Tommy, you gotta let them out to breathe! (laughs) They're still cooking. They're still cooking. (laughs) 30 years later? (laughs) What kind of dog is that? A plastic one. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. Well, while Zack and Screech are in the bathroom trying to dry Screech's clothes, in walks a man searching the payphones for forgotten change. Okay, there's the obvious, hey, remember payphones? Talking point, but I don't remember payphones being inside mall bathroom. 
bathrooms. Yeah. Just outside the bathrooms, maybe. But why would you put a payphone yeah. next to a loudly flushing toilet? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm on the can of the ball. <laughs> you just hear someone take a giant dump and all of a sudden, no, hold on, wait. Hey, guys, can you keep it down? I'm talking to someone. <laughs> hey, sorry, man. That Taco Bell in the food court is really arguing with me right now. I've got to take this. Yeah. Done with a job interview. No, but our change seeker, who we learn via Zach explaining to a clueless screechous homeless, uh, is played by Stephen Mendel, another character actor who's probably best known for this because no one really watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Next Mutation, where he was the voice of Splinter. Oh. Was he? Yes. Did not know that. Neither did wow. I. I was looking down IMDb and I was really (laughs) oh my gosh Uh, and as i said at the beginning of the show this is the world's most patient homeless man oh my gosh because zach and screech spent an awkwardly long amount of time talking to him in the men's room he shows screech how to use the air dryer to dry his clothes and he's kindly answering their naive privileged high school preppy questions as he tries to shave (laughs) oh my Gosh, and Zach is kind of special in regards to pointing out people's um, struggles in life, like the the episode where uh, I guess the girl was in the wheelchair and he just screams, you're in a wheelchair. That's where my mind went also. (laughs) Yeah, like he's he's kind of a special kind of guy. And he says these things that I think most people now would be like shunned for. But back then, it was kind of appropriate. <laughs> but he <laughs> even says, like, right word. well, I don't know. Maybe not that. Maybe that's not the right word. But it was kind of accepted if you were kind of an asshole. And Zach was definitely an asshole <laughs> with a good heart. But he was still an asshole. Right. Well, I but, mean, but, like, he just screamed, screech. He, I think he's homeless. Dude, he can hear you right there. <laughs> I mean, he's right there. He's literally two feet away from you. Get a little of the homeless guy and Screech looks over. Don't look at him. I mean, that that half Don't of that is sitcom volume where they're really whispering, but we need to be able to hear them too. But no, I, I exactly know what you're saying. All right. Zach's a naive kid. He does he hasn't met a homeless person before, so we'll later find out kind of how shook this makes. And he him. even acknowledges. Yeah. <laughs> And he even acknowledges, you know, he doesn't know too much about homelessness, which, okay, I, I, I can accept that because I do fully believe in like, you know, the Bayside, there's, there's, there's no way there's homeless people there. Like they probably would have kicked them out of town to build like an Arby's or something. <laughs> or another Max. Like the I don't bathroom's know. bathroom is bigger than the one in any house I've ever lived, so. Zach, the noblest oh, of gentlemen, here. leaves some money in one of the bathroom payphones for this homeless man to find. <laughs> but yeah, the kids here are in shock. They've never been exposed to this cruel reality before. Do either of you remember the first time you encountered a homeless person? Um, yes. Yeah. I, okay. Two. No. Uh, I was in D.C. because my mom worked for the government. Okay. Um, and I, I mean, those were kind of, those were kind of, uh, you know, at a time where homelessness was, I mean, obviously it's still a huge problem now, but I, I remember my mom would get off uh, the Metro and I'd be with her and, you know, there, there, there'd be a lot of homeless people stationed, 
you know, they kind of have their, their corners or their spots, whatever. So yeah, I, I totally remember. Yeah. Um, I, we used to every year at Christmas time, we used to, uh, go over to Philadelphia and Mike, do you remember the John Wanamaker light show? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's still there. Oh, we, which I still go to every year. What is this? Uh, um, at the, uh, well, it's a Macy's now. They actually filmed mannequin, part, mannequin there, but, um, they have like a four story. Oh, okay. Um, I okay. remember we were there and we were going through Philly and I saw a guy sleeping on a grate. And, um, oh, yeah. I think that was the first, that's the first one I can remember saying. And also, um, Chad actually usually tells fake stories about his mom working. So I was kind of snickering a little. So I do apologize for that. No, I, I heard, I, I, I knew that he was kind of chuckling at that. And I, I, I knew that, you know, he was kind of expecting me to kind of say something funny, but no, that, 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 that part is legit true. My mom definitely worked at the, um, you know, with the U S government. Right. So, but I knew I, I, I kind of had a feeling <laughs> that as soon as I said that, he would start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I encountered my first homeless person in Baltimore while my family and I were having big fun, Uh as one does in Baltimore. Uh, But we walked past a homeless Uh guy, and I got so upset about it that I made my parents circle back so I can give him a donut. (laughs) Yep. You're a good guy. Yeah. Well, his his full heart now focused elsewhere. Zach's quest ends as he finds Laura working with Kelly at the men's store and again asks her to lunch. And good on ex-girlfriend and future wife Kelly to vouch hard for oh her here. Gosh. Like, she is full wingman mode here. Like, she is just... Wow. Yeah. And she's the one that cheated on Zach. Yeah, this was the point where I had to stop and like, look up the, the Zach Morris and Kelly Kapowski relationship <laughs> timeline, which doesn't exist, is advertised on the like, internet. It, so here's the summary. They were dating at the beginning of season three until Kelly fell hard for Jeff, mm-hmm. her boss at the max, prompting a jealous Zach to start seeing other girls, most notably his boss at Malibu Sands, Stacy, a.k.a. the Ew. future queen of queens, Leah Romina. Oh. Mm-hmm. In universe, Ew. daughter of Ernie Sabella, the voice of Pumbaa from The Lion King. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, later during Palm Springs weekend, Zach and Kelly try dating again, but it ends with them remaining friends and clearly good enough friends that Kelly is very willing to help him win over Laura. Uh, you know, uh, uh, never mind. <laughs> I just it, 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 that that's some continuity that I get that Kelly is especially in the Christmas spirit. She loves the season and she's all about giving, but uh, she even it's begins- just I don't know. It kind of bothers me. Okay, she even begins with "He's safe" and ends that in a joke, like you might want a security guard nearby. But that's something you don't hear women. On TV and in pop culture say a lot, and we probably should hear it more often. This guy is safe. Let's all be Uh, safe, boys. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, Laura considers lunch, but immediately loses her appetite after Zach spots the homeless man he helped before and quips that he hopes he spends the money on food and isn't, quote, a wino. (laughs) Not alcohol, not drugs, wine. (laughs) Homeless dude chugging a Boone's Farm behind the (laughs) scenes on Saved by the Bell. (laughs) <laughs> Steve Martin at the beginning of the jerk, essentially. This <laughs> and, and spend that two dollars on the wine. Thing. <laughs> oh man, I really helped him out in the bathroom. Wait, you did what? 
Oh, uh, I gave him money. I hope he doesn't spend it on booze. <laughs> like, and that's another thing is they they use the word wino and that, like on a Saturday morning kids show. I get that the audience, the main audience or the main target audience was like teens and they would have known that term. But like as a kid, there is no way I knew what a wino was. I got to be honest. Absolutely yeah. not. But I don't know. I, I think it's just um, to our point that Zach is a very sheltered kid. So he knows yeah. what a wino is because yeah. he's probably encountered other adults or other parents. You know, the country club crowd. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Cut to the food court. <laughs> Uh, where if, if Zach's relentless determination to go out with Laura isn't enough, here comes Screech up to Lisa wearing a beanie with dangling mistletoe. Oh, Screech, no. We just talked about safe boys. Screech at least doesn't chase Lisa when she gets up out of there, so hooray, you're not setting the worst example. <laughs> Horn dogs, though they may be, they are <laughs> legally children. Uh, yep. Kelly and Laura arrive on their lunch break, and finally, at their encouragement, Laura agrees to a lunch date in which she eats all of Zach's chips and his burger and ice cream, all to which Zach is happy to oblige, but because he's making a girl happy. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then he convinces Laura to go tell the mall Santa what she wants for Christmas because Zach is that kind of romantic. Y'all ever do that in a date? <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh, all the time! Oh, every girl I've ever been with, yeah, that 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 always works. Nope. Have what the hell is that? I don't. It, <laughs> it's the most 1991 uh, fake TV date. Oh, yay! And it, and this whole episode is is the most 1991 thing ever. <laughs> But Jesse agrees to let them cut in front of a line of waiting children since Laura's lunch break is almost over. And here's where the plot thickens. Uh, Because when Santa asks what Laura wants for Christmas, she whispers something in his ear that clearly catches Santa of all people off guard. He says, no one's ever asked me that before, but I'll try. And Santa signals to Jesse not to charge Laura for the photo. So, Okay, this is where I got to cut in. Okay. I gotta cut in and say this: Why is why why is it up to her to ch- uh, to pay for this photo with Santa when it's Zach's idea? That's a good point. I'm sure Zach was reaching for his wallet. Well, no, Zach was the oh, one who I'm asked, sure "How much do we owe you?" So he's ready. He's ready. Uh, he's ready with his wallet. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. but Santa decided no charge. So. Those of us not blessed with the hindsight of already knowing where this is going are left to wonder what's up. And speaking of already knowing where this is going, we find our homeless friend at the gift wrapping station, alleviating Slater of the task of wrapping Lisa's gift for the kids at the hospital. I don't think we mentioned that. She's gotten all her friends to agree to buy a gift for a sick kid because Lisa is the best human on the show. Well, well... Say they're all. Uh, I think this is essentially Relatively all their speaking. characteristics. All their characteristics could be uh, kind of summed up as a very PG uh, version of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you're not wrong. Nope. <laughs> Screech is definitely the Charlie. 
Oh, no. I would say he's the cricket. <laughs> oh. The gang saved Christmas. The gang saves Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Homeless dude just the wants gang to saves the Oh, my gosh. Go ahead. You know what I just realized? What's this, episode's com- this episode combines two Always Sunny in Philadelphia episodes. <laughs> the gang saves Christmas and the gang solves the homeless problem. <laughs> wow. See that? Oh, my gosh. Decades See? ahead of its time. And you guys are both from Philadelphia. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> but uh, Zach, is, Zach is definitely the dentist. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Homeless dude just wants scraps of paper Slater was going to throw out, but Slater instead gives him an unopened roll of wrapping paper because it's better in this stranger's hands than his own. Uh-huh. Did he give him money? No, because he didn't ask for it, and Slater's uh, too... Like, he doesn't realize he's homeless. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, not until Zach comes up, because we kind of see the man stagger out of the store, and seconds later, we find him passed out in the mall floor, with a bunch of grown-ups just gathered around staring at him. It <laughs> takes three male juvenile heroes to actually do something about getting help. Grown-ups are just standing around like, hey, there's a guy lying on the floor. Oh. Yeah. It's Screech who calls 911 after asking what the number is, but yeah. while trained lifeguard Slater resuscitates him using a mouth guard, guys, I think this is the first and only time I've seen a mouth guard used in the old resuscitation trope in any medium outside of a CPR training video. Really? Yes. Why don't we see more mouth guards? Well, that was dramatic, probably. To be fair. Okay. Yeah. To be fair, not everyone carries around a mouth guard. Slater's a wrestler, so I mean he has to have a mouth guard well, with him his. at all it's times. Someone, there, was some... EM, there was an EMT there who was like, "Give me that mouth guard." Oh, I thought you meant Slater. Yeah, no, that then that doesn't make sense because technically, if you're CPR certified, you know that you know you're technically supposed to use those, right? So, um, but here's 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 the issue I take. Okay. A this this could have been a really cool scene that they could have you know ended the episode on if they had kind of pushed it back and they would have been able to you know leave it a cliffhanger, um, but they decided to kind of you know make it a little bit uh, of a joke when uh, they included Screech saying, "Well, what's the number for nine one one?" It was just like so oh, Screech got a Screech. I can't. I know, but if it were up to me, Screech would have been the one that passed out on the oh. floor, and everyone would have just left him. No. <laughs> Although we wouldn't have had we wouldn't have had that great season of Celebrity Fit Club. Oh dear. <laughs> oh, man. you got to challenge Harvey. How <laughs> dare you, Dustin? <laughs> I don't know if you heard me, but um, the uh, what's the number for nine one one joke is one of my least favorite sitcom jokes. Yeah, it keeps oh. coming up. I think the Simpsons, right around the same time, did the same joke. Hello, operator, give me the number for 911. What episode? I don't remember. <laughs> I'm not that guy. Oh, it was the babysitter episode. And wrong. Uh, we got to Laura on the job, correctly identified by Kelly as daydreaming about Zach. Dear. Look, we know Zach and Kelly are going to end up married, but she is really going to bat for him again here. Have either of you had an ex-girlfriend I... be your wingwoman like this? Oh, 
Nope. Oh, gosh, no. I've had exes try and sabotage my relationships. Oh, no. Like, oh, gosh. Oh, yes. Well, no, wait a minute. I should take that back. My, my, one of my, one, my high school girlfriend, she went to bat with one girl for me. Uh, so, yes. I mean, in that case, but it was like in high school. So, you know. Okay. Well, my last serious ex-girlfriend before I started dating my wife was one of the many who told me, dude, you two need to date. Make it happen. So we're still buds. Shout out to Emma. Yeah. But, uh, oh, but, hi, Emma. <laughs> but here in our story is when we meet men's store owner and operator Mr. Moody, played by another character actor named Lou Horn. Only other thing I recognize him from on his IMDb is he was some random cop in the Dick Tracy movie. He was on an episode of Growing Pains where Maggie takes a turn as a news journalist. But was he like the 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 the, the head of the station, I and he was like so. he was Mr. kind of bumbling? Yes. Yeah. Oh, see, I can already picture him doing this some on on that show. I can already picture it. <laughs> he looks exactly the same as he does in this. No different. But I believe it. And apparently, he returned as this same. Uh, mall men's store owner uh, in an episode of Saved by the Bell, the new class. So No, he did not. I, it's there, man. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm not saying I've God. seen this episode because I have not seen one episode of Saved by the Bell, the new class, but it's on IMDb. Yeah, neither is anyone else. <laughs> uh, but Moody catches Laura daydreaming and Kelly defends her saying they were just talking about the picture she got with Santa Claus and Moody acting like he barely knows about Santa Claus Quips the fat man in the red suit. He needs to cut down on his cholesterol. <laughs> oh, a cholesterol joke to remind us it's 1991. Because uh, that was the put this on every box health buzzword of the time. It's true, I was. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was trans fats, and then it was gluten, and no high fructose corn syrup. Mm-hmm. Which I had to look for today when I was at Publix. <laughs> oh, yay, Publix. <laughs> so. I skipped the part where Laura met Zach's mom, who invited her to be part of the Christmas Carol play, but Laura wasn't sure she could get the time off from her brand new job, and Moody confirms her suspicions, loudly and impatiently adding, just because it's Christmas, everyone expects me to be generous. We'll get to more Moody later, but for now it's quitting time to go to the hospital to give those presents to the kids, and oh yeah, also check on that homeless guy. (laughs) <laughs> about whom a suddenly worried Laura asks if he's okay, but it's played off like everyone else, just a good-hearted teenager concerned for the well-being of her fellow humans. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> speaking of the well-being of fellow humans, we cut to the hospital where Lisa helps adorable footy pajamas-wearing sick kid put a star on top of the children's ward Christmas tree and herald the arrival of Santa Zack! <laughs> oh! Uh. Later should have been Santa. He's got a, some muscle on him. At least. I... Didn't he wear a sleeveless thing in this? He did. He's a sleeveless yep. elf. Yeah. Yeah. He's content with being an elf along with Jesse, who's really B team again in this story. She really is. Poor Jesse. You have Kelly as Mrs. Claus and Screech as Rudolph, who asks Lisa if she wants to play any reindeer games. Oh. And that's oh. the line that makes Lisa's tolerance level grow three sizes and give him a kiss on the cheeks. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> we get more Slater whoa hey now I'm 16 again we get more Slater is bad at gift wrapping jokes from the uncredited sick kid but 
<laughs> Santa Zack magically makes it snow from the hospital's what eight foot high ceilings. It's a Christmas <gasps> miracle. Yay! Yay! Followed by another Christmas miracle: the discovery that Laura is at the hospital visiting our homeless friend, her father. <laughs> what? Stunned Santa dressed Zack and his friends are superimposed by the words "to be continued." Uh, Which, unlike the initial airing of this, we're continuing right now. <laughs> we reopen yeah. with the quick clip recap of last week, courtesy of Fourth Wall Destroyer Zach. Uh, uh. I don't remember the last time, like, in continuity that we got a timeout, but this is as close as we're getting. It's like, hey, I saw you. <laughs> Did he lose those powers at some point? When he got married? No, because he's used them on Jimmy Fallon. Okay. Oh, when he got oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Then we return to the hospital bedside of Laura's homeless father, to whom we are now introduced as Frank Benton. He thanks Zack Slater and Screech for saving his life. Well, Frank's fine and explains the doctor told him he needed to do something about his diet, namely eat. <laughs> and that's Ugh. when Zack insists on inviting him and Laura to his house for a proper meal. <laughs> he's really shook by this whole homeless thing, so he's like getting his parents involved. He really is. And I mm. remember having that feeling in Baltimore when I saw the homeless. Mm. Like Zach's a little older, a lot older than I was then. So he's actually getting on his parents to do something about it. Well, okay. his dad's somewhere away on some business trip this entire time. <sighs> but Frank, ever patient, kindly answers Zach's questions about how he and Laura ended up homeless. He was laid off, couldn't pay rent, and they moved to California hoping to find work, but only found a warmer place to be homeless. Which, can't argue there. I know I thought, if I'm ever homeless, I'm traveling the country. (laughs) That's the best way to do it, to be somewhere warm. That's true, that's true. Back to the mall again, where it's Christmas Eve. And while Zach's helping his mom set up for the play, Laura wants to buy a suit jacket for her dad to wear for job interviews. But she'd need an advance on her pay to afford it, and Moody is not having it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Even after Kelly explains, or should I say, especially after she explains that Laura's homeless. Because we see Moody quietly tell her, if he'd have known that, he wouldn't have hired her, because, quote, people like her steal. How lovely. Uh Uh-oh. You know... This, this this turns into one of my favorite things ever in Saved by the Bell history. It really does. Oh, it's just he, he starts becoming a bigger asshole and just a complete, just miserable. I apologize. I shouldn't be cursing on the show, but he becomes quite the villain on this show. And earlier, I was gonna, you know, kind of bring up the point that he kind of serves as the belting in this episode, but belting isn't this, you know, insane and this much of a grouch. Right. You know, I just, I, he serves as the Scrooge. We're going to get to this Christmas Carol play. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get to that first. Enter Zach in his Bob Cratchit onesie jumpsuit. It's something. <laughs> He promises Moody if Laura's in the Christmas Carol play, Moody's business for the day will double. And that puts a smile on the old man's face. and he'll uh-huh. Oh boy, I'm gonna make funny. Which gives Laura 20 minutes to learn her parts. 
And Zack, with the same amount of time to make some changes to the script, to which his mom very reluctantly uh-huh. agrees, since Zack claims it was the only way to get Laura in the play. But as they head to the stage, Kelly takes the suit jacket Laura wanted and has a co-worker hold it so she can buy it for Laura later. This won't backfire at all. <laughs> no, not at all. Kelly is really the MVP of this whole thing, helping everyone get what or who they want for Christmas. She's the MVP of the show. Oh, yes. But that's for a lot of different reasons. She's the best human on the show. Sorry, Lisa. You're the runner-up now. She is, but I'm sorry. It still bothers me that, you know, she kind of let Jeff kind of make out with her. So I, it, 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 that kind She's of atoning for that now. Uh, I know, but it's still like when I watched that episode, she atoned for that during the Palm Springs. And so, you know, yeah, look, people make mistakes, but it still just bothers me. All right. I get that. But <laughs> shoot, come on. Uh, she's human, whatever. And she's absolutely gorgeous. So, OK, she gets a pass that, uh, well, the play happens, and the changes to the script yeah. can basically be Never. summed up as Scrooge not only needs a change of heart, but a change of style, as they work in three ads for the well-dressed miser. The only place to shop is Moody's Store for Men at the Bayside Mall. That's fine. They're already well, going to play at the mall, so I've come to learn to expect a certain level of quality from that. Uh, you get what you pay for. <laughs> <laughs> So Moody's is obviously supposed to be like a local kind of Macy's, right? Or is it just kind of like a boutique kind of store? It looks like the world's tiniest men's warehouse. I'm just a men's warehouse. <laughs> Gonna like the way you look. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. It, yeah. Okay. Good enough. Um, can we talk about Laura crushing it as the ghost of Christmas present and having the only good English accent? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh. For someone with only 20 minutes to go? Like, even Zach's mother. Oh, my God. Yeah, and Zach's mom, which, wait, so in the play, Zach is playing Bob Cratchit, and is Zach's mother playing Bob Cratchit's wife? Yep. Yeah, we only saw a little bit of that play. Um, uh, this is some serious uh, Back to the Future stuff. <laughs> like, this is some serious... Lorraine and uh, Marty stuff, which I know, I I think you guys are fans of that movie, right? I think. A little bit. Maybe. Happy Back to the Future Day. (laughs) Yes, thank you, Mike. You didn't let me. But yeah, Laura had the best, for 20 minutes, she was a natural. Wow. She was a natural and had the only good English accent. Mm Mm-hmm. Even Zach's mother's like, she went the Cockney way, and then everybody else kind of... And Lisa was just, forget it. Lisa being Lisa as the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Uh, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Because it worked. They made it work. Well, Laura goes back to work to find the jacket she wanted to buy gone. And since it's supposed to be a secret to everybody, she's told someone else bought it. Then Moody also returns, sees Laura next to the now-missing jacket, and immediately accuses her of stealing, down to checking the day's receipts. The poor girl stolen! He gets security (laughs) on the phone, and this is the most teen sitcom on a Saturday morning in 1991 level of corny joke. This is Melvin Moody, and I'm in a bad Moody! Uh. (laughs) 
Can you add uh, bad uh, canned laughter to the, uh, when you say that, by the way? I'll see if I can find some. <laughs> <laughs> but Laura runs for it shortly before Kelly returns to buy that jacket and Moody realizes his mistake. Uh, but that leaves Laura running wherever it was she ran off to. So everyone starts scouring the mall looking for everyone. I say everyone. No, just our six heroes start scouring mm-hmm. the mall looking for mm-hmm. her because they are good friends. Yeah, but she's homeless. She doesn't really have anywhere else to run to. So I mean, so she just runs. Well, I mean, but someone should have been able to see her, um, see her running around crying. And you see a lot of that. You see, this person said you saw her over here. So yeah, true. And to that point, uh, as night falls, we finally have an appearance of a mobile device so legendary we as a culture have come to know it as the Zach Morris phone. Yay. This yes. is how they're all keeping touch. <laughs> this is <laughs> people people who weren't around back then, I don't think they understand just <laughs> how big of a deal this damn phone was. I didn't and understand I at the time. I thought it was just a plain cordless phone, completely <laughs> oblivious to the fact that oh, he's outside of his house using it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was insane to us. Um Especially did you guys ever oh, see gosh. Did you guys ever see Freddy Got Fingered with uh, Tom Green? Uh, yeah. Remember that yes. scene where he's on, on a date? He's like, I have to take this to an important call. And it was the cordless phone from the house. And he, like, the antenna was like four <laughs> feet long. And he's talking <laughs> on it. Yes. And the date believes him. Yeah, well. <laughs> oh, that movie's so I don't weird. remember that scene. I'm surprised I do. I just remember the big antenna. And that was the only funny part of the whole thing. <laughs> I love that giant antenna, by the way. It's so corny. It's so ridiculous. It's the telescoping one, too. It is. <laughs> Zach and his mom stop at a very busy Christmas tree lot on Christmas Eve. Y'all, do you know anyone who still waits till Christmas Eve to get a tree? Maybe for me. No, I don't. No, not decorate. Oh. Because I know there are some people somewhere who still wait to decorate their trees until Christmas Eve, which is self-becoming a rare move. I'm talking about choosing and purchasing a tree on Christmas Eve night. Mm. I, I um, We used nope. to decorate, when I was a kid, we used to decorate our tree on Christmas Eve. Then it got to be too big and too much. So we did it at the beginning of the month. I remember very, very young, my parents would decorate it on Christmas Eve. But there are people here, including Zach's mother, buying their tree hours before Christmas starts, which blew my mind. But Yeah, that that's a little much for me, just because, I mean, it did. It, it, my family always had a uh, phony tree. Like, I've never oh, had okay. a real tree a day in my life, okay. which I'm okay with. But the fact is, my my tree has always been up, like, well into November. So, like, for me, that, that, that one's a little hard to swallow. Yeah, now that I have to have an artificial tree in my house because my wife is allergic to every real tree. <laughs> so, that mm-hmm. goes up Black Friday every year. Or at least Ooh. at some point the, mm-hmm. the Thanksgiving. Nice. But Black Friday is when we decorate and when we'll put Elf on the TV yes. and the kids help us decorate and that's what happens. But Yeah, we um we put ours up usually the first uh, weekend of December. 
Yeah. Ah, smooth move. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure when the shift went from people decorate on Christmas Eve to most people don't. I guess be- as as trees become more and more artificial and more and more people are using them, they're just, well, uh-huh. we have it. We might as well put it out with all the other decorations. <laughs> well, I guess. <laughs> sure, why not? But as a Christmas miracle would have it, Laura is in that very lot with her dad who's told to move his car so people can park and get their trees on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Frank happily obliges because he is the world's <laughs> kindly, kindest homeless man. Uh, only he can't get the car to start. Well, Zach and his mom find him trying to get it going and realize they've been living out of their car. Aha! Uh, <laughs> plot the case. Yeah. I'd expect nothing less from a homeless person. Oh, dear. <laughs> is, I, I feel like Screech would have said that, too. <laughs> uh. Well, Mama Morris insists they come back to her place for dinner, as a car is no place to spend Christmas Eve. Um, also spending Christmas Eve dinner at Zach's house is all of his other friends, whose own families can wait, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I... They're all there. Why aren't you all home with your families? We gotta look out for our new friend Laura. They're kind humans. Who, by the way, tonight. Yes. It doesn't make a lot of sense because you're getting the sense, man. They're grooming her to be like the next member of the crew. You know, they'll they'll, they'll have like a fail safe in case someone in the cast wants to leave. You know, they they they've got someone new that they can you know add, you know, to the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, it kind of makes sense that the you know the entire crew is starting to you know gravitate towards her and her dad. We've got you know because the dad's kind of funny. He's kind of dry. It would it would work well. Yeah. So uh, you know it, it, it kind of makes sense. You know they all want to be around the new person. I mean they're go- if it's Christmas Eve, they're gonna go see their family, and I'm sure you know their families. We've seen the uh, rest of the families. I, I, well, maybe not Jesse. I don't think we ever saw Jesse's dad or mom. Yeah, that's what Palm but, Three was. Jesse's dad got remarried. Oh, gosh, you're right. You're right. We, okay, that's right. We, I, I See, I put those episodes out of my mind. But um, <laughs> I, I feel like these, you know, they're, they're, the families are good enough people to understand well, they were trying to help someone. Yeah. You know, so... They were probably going to, if they had had her as a uh, new member of the show, odds are they would have probably lived with the Morris family, and they probably would have said that was too much like Full House, so they axed it. Mm. Didn't think of that. Mm, interesting. interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe all their parents have important business on Christmas Eve like Zach's dad. I know two of them own hotels. One's a surgeon. It's plausible. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, what, what, Slater's dad, I believe, was in the military. So, yeah, that's wait, right. Was his mom? No, his his mom wasn't in the military, was she? I don't. Remember. I don't think so. Okay. But, but Kelly but, um, actually arrives a little later and apologizes mm-hmm. to Laura that Mister Moody still wouldn't let her buy the jacket. Wait for it. Oh, because he wanted to give it to you himself. What? He's a changed crazy. man. Moody's the Scrooge of this episode, boys. <laughs> He apologizes for misjudging Laura and tells her she is welcome back to work after Christmas. Uh-huh. Interesting. And Frank is looking good in his new jacket. Oh, very dapper. Yes. <laughs> good looking guy. 
But the surprises don't stop there, because Zack, who I'm discovering more and more, got really, really disturbed by this whole homeless thing, called his dad and asked if Laura and her dad could stay with them until Frank gets back on his feet. I don't know how long Zack's dad's going to be away, but Frank is worried they might wear out their welcome. And in comes Zack's mom with the great line, don't worry, Zack wore out his welcome a long time ago and he's still here. (laughs) Oh, mom, he's still oh. serious mom jokes. <laughs> <laughs> serious mom jokes. I'm kind of <laughs> bummed we don't see more of her later on, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, that never made sense. Well, but I mean, I the show is about the kids. Yeah, so, and it's mostly you know. set in school and at the max. This is the exception mm-hmm. to the rule. So, of course, we're going to see more of some parental figure. Right. Okay. So side note, side note. Building. Yes. Yeah. So side note, did we ever do you guys ever remember an episode where we saw the parents in the Max? I, I it's I'm probably making it up that I saw It could have happened. Yeah, it could have. But I I can't think. I mean yeah, I can't think of them off the top of my head. And I pride myself on being like the world's biggest Save by the Bell fan, but for the life of me, I can't picture uh, I can't picture any of the parents. No, you know what? Maybe Slater for some reason Slater's dad stands out, but maybe his. Anyone. I, I don't know. Wait. Yeah. I think the dad was in there. Was it the episode where um uh Zach faked saying Slater was go- was going to move to Hawaii or something cuz he was dying? Is that why? Could it be that episode? Wait, what? Maybe, maybe, uh, or maybe it was when, um, like uh, Slater was going to be like shipped off to military or something, school or something. No, could be. Oh gosh, this is going to kill me. Because the Max was essentially like a, uh, you know, th- this was the kids' zone. Let's be fair. Like oh, this yeah. was. Look, I mean. I- do you think that there was an unwritten agreement with the adults? Like, look, we'll go here, we'll behave, just don't come bother us, you know? <laughs> a lot of shows with a group of characters around this age had to have that that meeting place where they eat and hang out. Yeah. Like the peach pit, or the beet, be- yeah, the and peach pit, right? The peach pit. Mm-hmm. The peach Arnold's pit, perfect. Happy Days, the Angel <laughs> Grove Juice Bar. <laughs> No, Chubby's in uh, Boy Meets World, which has been covered multiple times. uh, (laughs) I wanted Chubby's to really exist. Okay, there was actually for a long time there was a real Chubby's in um, a town outside of Baltimore. um, In um, oh, what was it called? It was um, oh, 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 I'm forgetting the name of it, but there was a Chubby's there. I don't know if it's still there, but it was like a little like bar kind of restaurant where they would like show UFC and like sporting events. Oh, okay. So I've seen an actual Chubby's, but again, I don't know if it's still there. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Well, and of course, Laura gives the old line, I don't know how I can ever thank you, to which Zach replies, how about a kiss to start? Oh. Uh, right in front of both of their parents. Mm-hmm. Aw, young love. Mm-hmm. And That's probably why we never saw him, man. Her dad probably didn't want her uh, hanging out with Zach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they were never seen again. Nope. So, congrats to Frank for the job he apparently quickly got, thanks to the jacket. 
I was going to say, do you think now we we never saw him again? Right. And we also never saw Moody's store in the original series. So I'm putting two and two together. What if Laura established such a good relationship with Mr. Moody that he took uh, Frank on as like a custodian or like someone who cleaned or whatever. And they were kind of out of there, you know, within like two or three weeks, whatever the next episode aired. Perhaps. Yeah, because the next one after this is that mystery weekend one and Laura's not there. No, no. And they do go back to the mall for the um, the uh, the 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 mall episode later on, but they don't show Moody's. They they, they kind of just stick around everywhere else. So that's my guess. That's my guess completely. I like that theory. Is that they both work at Moody's? Yeah. Head cannon accepted. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> or perhaps Frank's a house musician somewhere because his gift of thanks to the whole oh. game is to close out our show with a verse of Silent Night on the piano. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And uh, I, I wonder if that comes with a gift receipt. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. He did a lovely job. Any final thoughts, gentlemen? Um, I think when it comes to uh, say by the this borders on both 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 being a holiday episode and a very special episode because oh, like you know it's oh, they yes. fulfill the you know hey here's our Christmas episode and also it deals with the homeless. We're gonna make you feel your feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh? So there we go. And um, <laughs> also with no belting, I think Zach they try to make Zach. Be the voice of reason, which kind of succeeded, but also kind of didn't because he was still Zach. Zach's got a Zach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, those the are those Zach are, attack was. Those are my thoughts. <laughs> my, <laughs> and you know what? I I I, I didn't think of uh, the point that Tommy just raised that they're trying to make Zach kind of the voice of reason. That's a pretty good solid point. I I like that. Um, this is one of my favorite Save by the Bell episodes, as I mentioned, just because it's so it, it's so uh, in your face with like, oh, gosh, you know, he's homeless. Oh, my goodness. We have to save him. And, you know, we have to do this. And, oh, we got him a job. And, oh, you know, all the minor plots that they have going on. Um they are just incredible to me. I, I, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's been stuffed with so much nonsense, and it's just so incredible. I love this episode for all, all of the silliness. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. It's the one that I think this might be the one episode. These might be the two episodes that stick out to me the most. Uh-huh. Uh, and again, I love that Mystery Weekend one, but this is the one when I think of Saved by the Bell and I think back at it. Mm-hmm. Even like none of the ones when they're in school and with building, for some reason I keep going back to this one just because of mm-hmm. how different it was. This one is a standout right. pair of episodes. And it wasn't well, even you- the season finale, but again, it was right around Christmas time when they did uh, end that season. So right. I got, well, we got we to gotta do this. And I'm yeah. glad they did. You know why? I think, I'm just going to take a quick stab. I think when, you know, certain episodes in the school 
we're kind of basic, you know, Zach's trying to get out of doing homework or whatever. And he's, so this was a little bit, this had a little bit more heart. This had a different location. You know, we didn't see them at the, at the max. We didn't see them at school. So right. it was definitely one that stood out. So I, I can definitely see why it would stand out to you. And I'm totally on board with that. Could be. That must be it. Well, if people want to approach you in a dangling mistletoe beanie, where can they find you, Tom? Uh, you can find me at, on Twitter at Classic Tomedy. <laughs> I love that name. Thank you. And Chad. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. Whenever Tommy says that out loud, it just makes me just die laughing, by the way. <laughs> Um, you know what? Uh, you can find me at horrormoviebarbecue.com, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And, uh, you know, uh, you can also find Tommy and I on past episodes of Thank Pod. It's funny with um, our just our fantastic leader, who I, I, I think it's safe to say is our leader, uh, Derek Boyer. Um, we are working on a new season. Okay. Uh, we're going to get to that as you know, whenever we can. Um, we we've all got some stuff going on, but we're we're working on uh, trying to get it back. Um, and honestly, I, I would dare say that Derek is the you know, like I said, Derek's the leader of the show, but Tommy is the MVP of that show. He oh, is you. the Kelly Kapowski of TPIF. I'm both the Slater and the the Slater of this episode. Yes, the I Kelly would. of that show. I love it. I'll accept it. Perfect, perfect. And you know what I just thought of to uh, to pull a Zach move and put myself over. I uh, before this before we recorded this episode, I had I had forgotten that um, I had written about this episode over at Shit Movie Fest for uh, Shit Miss. I think it was either 2012 or 2013. <laughs> and it's it's one of my favorite things I've ever done on the internet. So. <laughs> I have to go find this now and link to it. So look for this in the show notes, kids. (laughs) Guys, this was a fun one. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Thank you. So for TC Slater, Tommy Coombs, and Chad Screech Young from the worst mall performance I've ever seen, take care of each other this Christmas. And watch out for that icy patch. The Advent Calendar House is part of the Christmas Podcast Network. To find more shows like this one, visit christmaspodcastnetwork.com. Do you love fun? Do you love movies? Do you love TV shows? Do you love informative entertainment? But most of all, do do you you love love Christmas? Christmas? Then look no further, because we've got you covered. It's a 90s Christmas podcast is all about the most joyful and triumphant holiday in all its media. But only as far as the 90s are concerned. That's right. Our show not only is about the cheeriest time of the year, but also the cheesiest decade in world history. If that isn't an ideal combination, I don't know what is. Every week we will cover a movie, two sitcom episodes, and a Christmas special, as long as they came out between 1990 and 2002. You can find us on iTunes, Podomatic.com, Stitcher.com, and Spotify. I am Lyle Perez from America. I am Lasse Vogt from Germany. And It's a 90s Christmas Podcast, offering perspectives from two different parts of the world, is waiting for you. Have fun, and no matter where you are or when you listen to this, a a very very Merry Christmas. Christmas! Next time on the Advent Calendar House... Hi-ho!
this is Kermit the Frog, and I'm here to tell you the story about Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Monday at 8, 7 Central, a special holiday treat for the whole family when Jim Henson's marvelous Muppets bring Christmas to Frogtown Hollow in Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Tonight, 